please tell um, my listeners a little bit about you and your role at the museum. So I, uh, my name is Alexis Todd, and I'm the director of the Museum of Broken Relationships. And we are currently in between spaces, so nowhere to visit physically yet. But um, I was brought on in the very beginning to help bring this concept from Croatia to Los Angeles, because the museum itself is, started, originated in Zagreb, Croatia back in 2006. Mm -hmm. An artist couple broke up and they joked that they could start a museum with everything that was left over. Mm -hmm. And a few years later, they were like, that idea kind of had legs. Like, maybe we should do this. And they asked all their friends and family if they had anything to, you know, show. And of course, everybody does. And they did their first pop-up with all of these objects that are just along with the story of what happened and where and when. And they're, all very ino- they're all anonymous, so people are very forthcoming with what actually happened and, you know, the emotions tied to that. And so when you go through the exhibit, it's, you know, it's like a journey um, through the human experience. And so they've been doing it for quite a while and then we decided to bring it to Los Angeles. And so they brought me on to kind of do all the fun nuts and bolts admin, back-end things, along with curating and the exhibition and collecting the donations and also, you know, the outward programming that we did with our lectures or parties or art uh, art events that we had. Mm-hmm. That sounds really cool. So what made you want to take on this position? I've always been, um, I've been in L.A. for quite a while now, and I've been involved in the art world this entire time, and I've always really believed in the democratization of contemporary art. I feel like a lot of people think that museums can be very prohibitive, uh, or if you don't know, you know, the artists, like maybe it's a little bit scary, or mm-hmm. the people at the gallery are a little bit snobby. <laughs> I always thought that was not fair, because I think that art's for everyone. I think all art is for everyone. And that's what I draw, draws me to this concept so much is because it is not only for everyone, it's from everybody. And it is about what we go through and what we care about now. And I just love the idea of bringing this in, you know, extremely universal concept to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I thought was just so cool about the museum is the fact that, you know, people from anywhere could just like submit their stories and their items and like they would be able to be like a part of this like really beautiful like exhibit. Yes, exactly. That's it's- so cool and it's so like rare that you would get that opportunity to just like share something so personal mm-hmm. and have it be put on display. So I really like that. Yeah, and it's really connecting you as like the donor to all of these other people who are coming in that you would never necessarily meet but who are, you know, learning more about themselves through your story or, you know, looking out for things to watch out for or, you know, working on their inner empathy muscles. You know, it's, <laughs> it's really powerful. Yeah, I agree. I actually heard a story one time, but it was kind of sad because I heard that one person, they said that they had submitted something to the museum and it was actually put on display. But after that, they didn't want to go see their item on display because they said it like it was just like too much for them mm-hmm. to handle. Well, I mean, that just goes to show how powerful these objects are. You know, you don't, from an outside perspective, maybe an empty tube of toothpaste or a little teddy bear doesn't feel like it should be so much. But, you know, I think we all have those things 
in our closets or in a drawer, you know, when you, when you see it and you feel that punch in the gut mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, I didn't expect to see that today. But, you know, we put so much energy into these relationships, which are ultimately abstract. So they become these physical totems that really do represent the relationship task. So I can completely understand that, you know, it's out of sight, out of mind. And, you know, maybe that was part of their catharsis of, I don't, they don't need, they don't want to see it anymore. And mm-hmm. it's hard, but it's understandable. Yeah. And that's really true. What you're saying is that like some of the items that people will send in, they seem so like insignificant, but they can just hold so much um, like memory and value to a person. Mm-hmm. Um, so is there like a favorite story or item that's been submitted to your collection? Oh my gosh, it's like choosing a favorite child. <laughs> um, there's, I mean, there's so many and it, depending on the day, um, it depends on, you know, what the story would be, uh, because they are anonymous and so they really act, you know, very like a mirror because, a lot of them even don't have any gender pronouns. It's just talking about you and me, and it's very easy to put yourself in those shoes. Mm-hmm. So on a good day, like today, <laughs> uh, there's just one piece that was um, one of those little puppets that, you know, you push the bottom, uh, there's a button on the bottom of it, and it kind of collapses. Mm-hmm. And the story of this person was speaking to their ex of just, you know, remember when we got this, and remember that summer, and we were just, watching the office and sitting on the couch and everything was great and I just love thinking about that and I hope you're well and you know just because it didn't work out didn't mean you know either of us are terrible just some things aren't meant to be but you know I hope you're having a good day because you know I am and it's just I love that aspirational of you know it was probably a hard relationship but you know that doesn't mean it was a bad thing not every broken mm-hmm. relationship's a bad thing and now this person with you know the gift of time has gotten to a place where they can wish their ex well and I and like look back at the positive things that happened and I just love that idea of you know you know really being able to get to that place with people and I'm not in that place with a lot of people that's why it's aspirational for me but I like that is it's very optimistic of you know reading that and being like oh yeah that could be me someday yeah I really like that too um, most of the stories that you read, um, do they end up having that same kind of tone? Or do you feel like most of them are just like really sad or like angry or something? Oh, I mean, it's the entire gamut. Some of them are sad. Some of them are angry. I don't get actually as many angry stories because I think we're not very productive when we're angry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're really not like true. trying to fill out a form and go to the <laughs> post office when you're really angry. <laughs> That's true. But um, yeah, I do. I have sad and I have, I have, you know, regret and I also have happy and, you know, it's, it's really, it's all of them. And, you know, I do, there is a good chunk of people who are talking about things that, you know, they've gotten past or like a lot of lessons learned. Um, and a lot of, you know, yeah, that was terrible, but I'm who I am today because of this experience and I'm not going to discount that because I, I love myself now and I think those are really beautiful. But, I mean, it doesn't mean it's better or worse than the people who are just like, I don't know what happened and I miss you every day. Mm-hmm. It's just a different relationship and potentially maybe more time has gone by or you know every single relationship's different mm-hmm. and that's what's also beautiful about the exhibit is that there's no there's no rules about like when in a relationship or after a relationship you're going to donate something so you do get that entire you know range mm-hmm. 
So, like, since you get so many submissions, um, wait, do you still um, accept submissions even though the museum is, like, on hiatus right now? Um, I'm currently not because I don't have anywhere to send them. To, I, um, I just have, like, an office that I'm working okay. at. <laughs> so I can't, I can't be drowning in objects. But the uh, museum in Croatia is still taking uh, submissions at brokenships.com, and they also do um, for all of the pop-ups when they go around. So, I mean... Uh, objects are still being accepted. I just don't have a physical place to put them at the moment. <laughs> okay, so just not for the LA location. Yeah. But so when you were um, like accepting these things, what? How did you decide like what you would put on display and what you wouldn't? Oh, definitely. I mean, there's so many different criteria I would consider. You know, it was who sent it and from where and, you know, potentially how old are they? What kind of relationship was it? Is it, a, is it romantic? Is it family? Is it a friend? Um, you know, what are the feelings? Um, because, you know, I had a, a journey that I was kind of taking you on going through the museum and I wanted to see how it would fit through that. And the stories that really always resonated with me and I believe with the viewers or the visitors was that, the ones that were very specific to two people, you know, like a real slice mm-hmm. of life, but they were also really speaking to the underlying themes that we all experience. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe we don't have, uh, like maybe I haven't, for instance, the tube of toothpaste. I've never mm-hmm. been in a relationship where my partner has put the toothpaste on my toothbrush every <laughs> single night, you know, like yeah. I've never had that. But, you know, when she was talking about at the end of it, when she finally finished the toothpaste tube after he had left, that she was like, I've got to get rid of this. This is time for me to move on. Like, I do I do understand that, you know, those kind of markers that we make of, like, I've allotted myself this kind of time, and I'm going to consciously try to, you know, get past that and get rid of this item. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, I like those kinds of stories where it's like, okay, like, this is... Or, for instance, one of the more kind of visceral pieces we have is um, some belly button lint. Oh, and wow. I know. <laughs> I and think I've heard about that one. Yeah, this is a really popular one. <laughs> and he, I guess, after they would, you know, yeah. do their evening, their evening activities, he would take his belly button lint and he would put it on her sweaty body. And so one night oh she was gosh. like, I'm going to one-up you and I'm going to take that belly button link and I'm going to save it. And she did. And while, again, I have no experience with that particular situation, <laughs> I also you know, do understand that as you get to be more and more intimate with somebody that we're all kind of gross human beings and we do gross things and are, you know, and you just learn to kind of, exist and then also that you know maybe there is a lid for every pot that like oh he's weird with that thing but she's also fine with it and one-upping him so you know and she's sending it to a museum exactly (laughs) (laughs) so it's kind of nice that like even though you know maybe not a lot of people can relate to that particular you know action the ideas behind it of you know physical intimacy and, you know, growing with someone and, you know, learning someone's, you know, weird quirks and that we're all kind of, you know, things that happen behind doors is the part of that story that's relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, so have you ever submitted anything of your own to the collection? <laughs> <laughs> I have not because no. I can't have my, mu- I couldn't have the museum be like, 
you know, the song, You're So Vain, <laughs> have all my exes walking in thinking <laughs> the museum's about them. Uh, I thought about it. I did have something donated about me. Oh, wow. Uh, but I never, I never donated. <laughs> also, I'm a, I'm, I'm a purger. I, uh, I, I slash and burn. I find things and I get rid of them immediately. That's like me too. That's <laughs> what I feel like too because I'm like, I thought about it and I'm like, what could I even submit? Like, mm-hmm. I honestly get rid of everything. Yeah, I get rid of everything. <laughs> but still though, you know, if, if things still pop up and it was funny, this summer, last summer I moved and in the move I found a couple of things I thought I'd gotten rid of and it just, it takes you back so quickly. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, agree. I did get rid of them. Now I don't have <laughs> You should have kept them and could have, you know, put them up on display. I have my own little corner. <laughs> um, but would you be willing to share, like, an experience of your own of um, a broken relationship? Sure. I think, you know, this one's a really old one. I don't know why it just popped into my head, but it did. So I guess I'll tell you this one. Okay. One of my, <laughs> I think, you know, I wish I got more stories about friendships that broke up. But I think that. You know, when you have a broken friendship, you kind of always hope it's going to get back together because it's a little bit different than, you know, a broken romantic relationship. But my best friend growing up and through college and after college, him and I, you know, he was just, we were just the best of best friends. And he met a woman and I did not like her and none of his friends liked her and they all convinced me to be the one to stand up and be like, hey, this this woman's not right for you. She's she's in this relationship for the wrong reasons. Like, don't, you know, don't throw away your future on her. And uh, I told him that, and all of his, all of our friends uh, lied to him afterwards when they, he asked them. And we're like, no, 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 we love her. And I... Kind of, they kind of all threw me under the bus, and our relationship was never the same. And he just kind of eventually stopped speaking to me altogether. And wow. it was, you know, he chose he chose the new family he was making, and I still this was twelve years ago, oh, ten wow. years ago. I still email him, I don't know, once or twice a year, just hoping that maybe he'll get it and just be like, you know what, it's been enough time, and. And that's probably, I don't know why that, I haven't thought about him in a little bit, but mm-hmm. that's, I do, I kind of always, I do still think, yeah, it's been 10 years that maybe one day he'll get like this email and be like, oh, yeah, I, I wonder how she's doing too. We can get past this. Oh, thank you for sharing that story. Yeah, of course. Um, So throughout your position, like, do you feel like, do you feel like taking on this role, like, kind of became like a healing process for like any time you had um, a relationship that kind of ended or anything? I wish I could say that. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it becomes, I thought, I thought that it would honestly. And I, and it, it did make me more receptive and understanding to other people's broken relationships. Um, but with mine, it really feels uh, very pointed and aggressive at me. Mm. For like after a relationship ends, um, I'll, I just feel like every, you know, it's that kind of thing where 
you you know you see in like a movie and there's like a montage where like everything reminds that person of the ex well it's my job <laughs> to read all of these stories yeah. and do all of these things that revolve around broken relationships so it all feels very aggressive when I'm trying to like heal like it's not as cathartic for me uh, because it's you know, not just like an hour journey. Like it was, it was very cathartic for me to go through the museum the very first time I did it. Mm-hmm. But you know, doing the work while going through a breakup is a little bit. It's a little bit too much. Yeah, I feel <laughs> like it must be like really exhausting. Like even doing my own show, um, like I don't know. Sometimes it can be hard to hear other people's stories and like share my own stories mm-hmm. on the air. Um, and it's just like, I don't know, it's just very exhausting. It is, it's exhausting, and like the repetitiveness of it, it just, it feels so, it can just feel very, uh, I don't want to say aggressive, but overwhelming maybe? Mm-hmm, overwhelming, and sometimes it's like you can't get away from it because exactly. like, There's you're no working escape. with these stories. Yeah, yeah very and like hard. sometimes you just like want an escape. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, since we're in similar positions, um, do you have any like self-care tips that you do? Anything to share uh, with me? <laughs> yes, of course. I mean, my number one self-care tip for going through a breakup um, is Bikram yoga, not particularly because I love yoga so much or sweating, <laughs> even though those are both things that feel really, really good physically. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the best way to be away from your phone for an hour and a half where you mm-hmm. just cannot take it in with you. You can't. Mm-hmm. You have to be away from it and you have to just be stuck with your own thoughts and like doing something good for yourself. And that's incredible because you can take a bath and sneak in your phone. You can go to a movie and sneak in your phone. You can mm-hmm. do a mask and t- sneak in your phone. But you know, you can even go to like a spin class and probably spin it, sneak in your phone. I don't go to spin classes because they scare me, but <laughs> I have the impression that if you needed to bring your phone into a spin class, you could. Yeah, I'm sure you could. It's just like cycling. Right, you just like <laughs> pop it on the little dashboard thing. Yeah. Um, so I love the idea of that. Also in that mode, um, I'm, I'm never, man, I am never better on social media than when I am in a bad place because I refuse to be perceived as moping. Mm-hmm. Um, I will, I will, what do the kids call it? Stunting? I will stunt. <laughs> and it, that usually always goes in the form of me going to museums and galleries and taking pictures of the coolest art that nobody's seen yet. And just like, look how great I am. And <laughs> in the process of looking for that art and going out and doing those things, I'm actually enjoying art and expanding my mind and seeing new perspectives and doing awesome things. So even though maybe my initial motivation isn't great, the end result, it still kind of gets me to a better place because I'm, you know, I'm doing something that's good for me. That's like a really cool self-care tip and something I feel like I want to remember is like, that's so true, like looking at art or just like making art is such a Mm -hmm. great way to get your mind off things, but also like expand it at the same time. Exactly. I really like that. Yeah. Um, So throughout your role, is there something that you feel like you've learned about relationships? I've learned that they're all hard. You know, none of them, I don't think, are, you know, ever very easy. And I've learned that 
you know, you never know what other people are going through. So it really is good to be kind. And that also, there are no rules. You know, nobody has ever been in the relationship that you're in with that other person. Even Mm -hmm. if you and that other person have broken up and are getting back together again, no one's ever tried to do that before, ever, in the history of humans, period. So it's always a brand new experience, and that always has its own challenges. Same thing with going through a breakup when people are saying, oh, you know, it should, you should be over it in half the amount of time that you've been in a relationship or, you know, get under someone to get over someone or do this or do that. You know, there's, there's no, I mean, there's advice, absolutely, but there's no guarantee because, like I said, like no one's ever done that except mm-hmm. for you and that person that one time. And because it's such an unprecedented thing, you know, you've got to really forgive yourself for how you're going to go through, you know, processing that. And that's something I I struggle with myself all the time. Like, I'm super guilty right now about, like, still thinking about, like, my most recent dude. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I should be over it. And then I'm like, should I? Yeah, no, not at all. You know, like, it hasn't actually even been that long, and you really liked him, so it's okay. Yeah. That's, you know, I think that's the other thing, is just, like, there are no rules, and as long as, you know, you're not taking anything down towards, like, you know, like a physically destructive path, in which case, also, like, therapy's great, do it, everybody loves it, nobody, there, you know, there should be no stigma about any of those yes, things. Yes, I agree. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that like... Take your time because the only way out is through and you don't know how long that journey is going to be. And you're going to be better about it for going through it and feeling those feelings than you are about stuffing those feelings down and then having them come up later in a different weird way that, you know, you weren't expecting. Yes, yes, I completely agree. I (laughs) feel like that's something I really learned um, doing my radio show, too, is like the more I hear about other people's relationships or experiences, the more I'm like, wow there's like no set like there's no like perfect relationship or there's no one right way that anything should be exactly it's like the more i think i'm learning about things the more i realize i'm really not that there's just too much oh yeah no exactly um yeah but anyways um back to the museum um is there anything that you hope visitors like gain or learn after like the first walkthrough of the exhibits? I think if I've done my job correctly, I hope that people leave knowing that we're all the same. You know, straight, gay, gay, or straight, gay, genderqueer, you know, old, young, black, white, purple, we all are looking for human connection and we all fall down looking for it. And you know, it, and it hurts for all of us, but we're really all looking for the same thing and then hopefully they leave feeling very connected and also knowing that, you know, every single one of these exhibits is someone who's gotten through something and some of those things may be not as hard as what you're going through and some of the things may be harder than what you're going through. But each one of those people did get through it and that's, you know, that's really hopefully like powerful and like lets you know that even though it's not going to make what you're going through, you know, stop existing, you know, maybe it's just like a little bit of confidence of like, hey, if these strangers from Peru and China and Barstow can get through their stuff, then maybe I can too. 
Yeah, that's a really nice way of putting it. Um, when you were working there, did you ever notice, like, was there, like, a common reaction? Like, would most people cry or something? Or? Oh, I got a lot of crying. I got a lot of laughing. Oh. <laughs> I got a lot of PDA. Oh, wow. Oh, Interesting. Yeah. PDA. A lot of PDA. Um, I think there's something of, you know, you go in with a partner. It's usually somebody wants to go in more than the other one. And then about a quarter of the way through, they're holding hands. And then a little bit further, it's like linking arms. And then it's like pretzels. And then it's just straight making out. And oh <laughs> I think it's just, you know, it's, it's an appreciation of, you know, hey, like what we're doing is hard. Yeah. And I care about you or I love you or I like you a lot and I hope that it's not going to be us and, you know, we can we can do this and it's worth it. because oh, you know so all, hopeful. Yeah. I think it just kind of is like, man, like I, I think there's like a really nice, I appreciate you. And it becomes like a really easy way to talk about like maybe your old relationships in a way that's like safe and not, you know, like, oh my God, stop talking about your ex. It's like, yeah. hey, no, like I went through something similar and then you can get through and become more close with your partner if, if, you know, by going through this and talking about things in a way that doesn't feel, you know, like you're not comparing your partner to a past partner or, you know, you're just talking about things in an open, honest way. Mm-hmm. I hear it's a very popular date spot, actually, it, or it was. It was. Yeah. It was a very, I had a couple first dates there, which I always thought was really funny. And then <laughs> someone tweeted, and I don't know if it's true, but I like to think that it was that. They got stood. Well, I never like to think that anyone's getting stood up, but the person <laughs> said that they got stood up on their first date to the museum, and she's like, so no. "This is my." Or I forgot if it was a woman or a man, but they were like, "This is our broken relationship now." And I thought that was funny. <laughs> they can submit the whole museum. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's so sad, though. I know. I like don't ever stand anybody up. That's totally rude. But no, especially at a museum like this. Come right? on. <laughs> I guess maybe they thought like, oh, well, we'll be leaving them with their with their friends. Oh. Um, I have a question about the collection again, but um, did you think there was anything very unique about L.A.'s collection? Well, definitely. I was talking to Alinka, who's one of the Croatian artists who started the museum, and she said that she definitely gets, I mean, it's, it's very similar all around, mm-hmm. and you can't really necessarily tell what, if you just read the stories cold, like necessarily like where these pla- these stories take place, but for instance, uh, since the original museums in Croatia and they get a lot of stories from Eastern Europe, there's a lot more stories based around, uh, you know, civil wars and oh, uh, wow. political unrest, mm-hmm. and I get a lot of stories about heart-shaped rocks found on beach walks. <laughs> So <laughs> Lincoln and I always so joke. LA. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's just like, okay, like this is, you know, and like I get like a little, you know, I get the industry stories of oh. she or he got successful and left or they were using me to get through this or I met on set. So kind of like the backdrop of the stories is very Southern California, LA, mm. where the like background of their, and, the, and don't get me wrong, these backgrounds of these stories are, even though it's like against like political unrest and civil uprising, it's still like, and then he cheated on me, oh, and so we're gosh. at this rally, and he's trying to talk to me, and I'm like, this is not the time. And it's just like, <laughs> same problems. Yeah. No matter where you are. <laughs> it's just, it might be happening at a political rally in, you know, <laughs> Croatia, and here it just might be happening on, you know, at like a beach. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, no, the stories are all, you know, I get them, yeah, from China, from Mexico, from the Philippines. I mean, from Bakersfield, from Texas, from New York. The stories are all the same. Yeah. Just different backgrounds. Yeah, different backgrounds, but always at the heart of it. Some something sad yep um so we're gonna wrap up a little bit here so for my last two questions um first of all is there like just like one special memory that you have that like stands out to you in your time working at the museum oh my gosh so many one it was actually before the museum opened and i was collecting objects and the this one woman came and she was donating this blanket, and she was, you know, very <laughs> scared. And I don't blame her. I'm still amazed that anybody donated anything to me before the museum opened because, you know, stranger danger. Who's this person trying to take your stuff? Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> she um, she brought it, and she was so, like, scared. And, like, I was talking to her, and she like she's like, you're going to have to take this from me. She's like, I can't let it go. She's like, but take it. And I was like, are you sure? And she's like, yes. So I had to physically pull it out of her hands. Mm -hmm. And she immediately relaxed. And it just looked like she lost, you know, 50 pounds of dead weight. And, like, she, like, started, like, crying, but, like, out of relief. And she was like, I just needed that out of my life so badly. And I couldn't do it myself. She's like, thank you so much for taking this. And I still get chills, like, thinking about it. It was, like, so wonderful. And I was like, oh, I was like, yes. I was like, this is what I'm doing this for, is that she can feel good about laying that relationship to rest in, like, a way that she feels is productive and honoring of that relationship. And then also someone will read this story and they will grow from it. And I, as a person, just grew from that because I just had this, like, profound emotional experience with a stranger but that's what the museum's all about you're having these profound emotional experiences with strangers mm-hmm. and it's just incredible what other people are going through and what they're sharing so you can know that you're not alone and it's amazing how you know and then for, as going and reading and honoring these stories as a stranger to those people you know you're you're taking the time to honor their relationship and let them know that that was an important thing that happened and I just love that cycle because I think it's so beautiful and hard and nourishing but necessary mm-hmm. I think it's very beautiful but also must be really hard that you kind of become um you you become like an important figure in these people's lives because you're taking such personal experiences from them. Yes. Yeah, uh, no, that's the responsibility I do not take lightly. I yeah. really think it's it's very important and I want to, you know, hopefully if, again if I'm doing my job properly, I'm I am, you know, honoring and respecting their stories and their objects and their lives. Yes, yes you are. I'm sure you are. No, thank you. <laughs> Um, okay, so final question. Actually, wait, I have one mini question before mm-hmm. the final question. What do you do with the items that, like, you don't put on display? Are they oh. just, like, in a warehouse or something? I have um, I have a conference room at a, in an office building downtown that I've taken over. Mm-hmm. And then also, um, but when the museum's open, it's rotating all the time because we just get objects in all the time. Mm-hmm. And then... I mean, some of the greatest hits have to stay out because people, you know, they really want to see some of those. And some of the stories are just so profound. that they Like just the belly button. Like the belly button lens or the breast implants or the oh mirror. You know, people, and the stories are so good that they really do speak to such a level. And then the conversation built with new objects around them is, 
you know, is heightened because of these stories and, you know, and the visceral nature of them because it really gets you, you know, physically, which is important. But, um, and then Croatia, you know, because we're, we're all one situation. So every time, you know, they pull from the objects as well and they, you know, when they're touring, um, because they're in charge of all of the touring pop-ups they pull from our objects also. So ah, okay. it's always, and then same thing, you know, social media and books. You know, we just had another book come out and that had a lot of stories that weren't ever shown. Um, so yeah, there's always, there's always something going on where we're, we're you know, we're c- going through everything. Mm-hmm. But there's, I think our permanent collection of everything, Croatia and mine is close to 3,000 objects right now. So, wow, that's so we can kind stories. of only have like about 100 objects plus or minus, you know, 20 on display at any time, because otherwise your brain will start melting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so last question. Um, Since the museum is, like, closed right now in the the L.A. location, what can you tell us about the future of it? You know, we're just trying to find that great spot, and, but, you know, we're still active on social media, so you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or wherever. Um, same thing with the Croatian location, which is fun to say because it rhymes. Um, <laughs> they're still going, and then they're still also having pop-ups um, internationally. I think they're doing Japan shortly. And so there's just so many things to kind of, like, stay tuned. Also, there's the book, which is great because it's got 250 stories in there. Mm. And, um, you know, there's just a lot of things online you can do and read if you, if you, need, if you need that kind of fix. But hopefully we'll find it. We'll find another spot, and it'll be a great place where it's a little bit easier to get to than Hollywood and Highland, <laughs> and uh, and everyone will be able to come by. Yes, I hope so. I really want to visit in person. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for doing this interview. Is there anything last minute that you want to tell my listeners? Uh, nope. At Broken Ships LA is where you can find us if you you know want to keep updated. That's where everything will be announced there first. Okay. Well, thank you so much again. Um, Have a nice day. Thank you. You too. Have a good weekend. Thank you. You too. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye.